0: Welcome to Inside the Mind. My name's Drew Fitzgerald, here to bring you coverage of all things Charlotte 49ers. Charlotte basketball traveled to the Lone Star State last week on a conference business trip to face the UTEP Miners and the North Texas Mean Green. The 49ers entered El Paso off a three-game losing streak including two back-to-back home games against FIU and FAU. These losses at home could primarily be blamed on a positive COVID diagnosis of Charlotte's star center Ali Khalifa. With him back on the road in Texas, the Niners were hungry for a win against the UTEP Miners. On the other side of the ball, the Niners matched up with a team just as hungry for a W. UTEP was also coming off a losing streak and sat at the bottom of the CUSA alongside the Niners. After tip-off in the Don Haskins Center, the Niners got to work opening the game with a 9-2 run. In response, El Paso tightened its man-to-man defense, getting in between sloppy Charlotte post passes and converting on the other end with a fast break score. As Charlotte watched their lead diminish, they stood paralyzed. There were no movements or cuts which allowed UTEP to force more Charlotte turnovers. Charlotte abandoned their plan to attack the post, and instead honed their game in from behind the arc. For most teams, this would not be possible, but we're talking about a team 47th in the country in field goal percentage. Also, the basketball gods were on their side tonight. Bryce Williams started the madness with the three, followed by Patterson. Bryce hit another one, and then Aldrich, and then Patterson again, The momentum within the building shifted as UTEP had no response to the barrage of threes the Niners were drilling. At the half, the Niners had shot 17 attempted threes out of the 19 field goals they had tried for. The kicker was that their strategy was working. They had hit 8 of those shots, shooting 47% from behind the arc, and looked to continue that strategy in the second half. And so they did. After the half, they hit one, then another, then another. While UTEP had poor offensive production, it wouldn't have mattered because Charlotte simply couldn't miss from beyond the arc. To add to further injury, while up 10, Isaiah Folk snatched the ball from the Miners and delivered a devastating slam on the other end. After a 10-0 run, the sophomore laid down another monster dunk for the Niners. It was completely one-sided as Montre Gibson drained another three to put the Niners up 17. At this point, Gibson was 5 for 6 from beyond the arc, and had made more threes than the entire UTEP roster, who were 1 from 13 from 3. With the game practically in the bag halfway through the second half, all the Niners had to do was finish the game. Which they were able to do, right? Right? With 3 minutes left in the game, Charlotte's lead began to slowly dwindle below 10 points, and after a tay-hardy jumper, it was a 6 point game. By the time El Paso was back in the game, there wasn't much time left. As a result, a bucket by Milicic put Charlotte up by 8. With too big of a deficit to respond to, UTEP took one last shot that was rebounded by Gibson. And as time ticked off the clock, the Niners had finally won another game in conference, 62-53. Montre Gibson was the Niners' leading scorer with 15 points, Lakai Patterson was also a major contributor, scoring 10 points and notching 7 rebounds and 6 assists. The Niners shot almost 58% from field goal range and hit 48% of their 27 attempted threes. In comparison, UTEP only shot 6% from three, missing 14 of their 15 shots from behind the arc. Charlotte also had an edge over UTEP, recording eight more rebounds. Two days later, the Niners entered Denton, looking to gather momentum with the win against the North Texas Mean Green. Tackling UNT would be tough for the Niners. The Mean Green were second in the conference standings, only behind the number 25-ranked Florida Atlantic Owls. Either the Niners were having a bad night, or they were not prepared for this task. North Texas opened the game on an 11-0 run and never looked back. Josh Aldrich tried to keep the Niners in the game with two back-to-back three-pointers and a pair of foul shots, but the Mean Green responded and then some. Ali Khalifa also contributed with double figures in the first half, but nobody else on the team seemed to have a pulse. UNT hit their first five threes and ended the first half with a total of eight. The Niners were completely overwhelmed and appeared to look severely undercoached, Instead of passing the ball around, the Niners would have 30 second unproductive possessions and then launch a wild shot. Nobody was cutting, no plays were being executed, and frankly, the team just looked like they gave up. At halftime, the Niners were down 40-25 in the super pit, and things only got worse in the second half. An offensive meltdown might be an understatement. The Niners had no ball movement and weren't creating shots which were reflected in their post-game stats. The Niners finished the game with a measly 5 assists as a team. They shot 30% from field goal range, 28% from 3. The Niners were completely out-rebounded by North Texas, who had 20 more rebounds as a team, 33 to Charlotte's 13. To top it off, the Niners didn't score a single point in the final 4 minutes of the game. Additionally, Two of Charlotte's prized offensive weapons, Bryce Williams and Igor Milicic, when it combined 0-7 from, from the field. Fans were furious at the outcome of this game on social media, questioning the poor offense, lack of play calls, and perplexing player rotation. It's clear, at least from the perspective of fans, that Sanchez is in the hot seat. In an interview on ESPN Charlotte 730 The Game's Afternoon Rush segment, Sanchez mentioned that one of the key factors why Charlotte lost to the Mean Green was their rough start by saying, and I quote, there was a little bit of a hangover from one team to the other, end quote, noting that one day prep for North Texas was less than they received for UTEP and translated to their poor play. It's a really strange response coming from Sanchez. The whole season, the team has operated on the schedule, even in the Myrtle Beach Tournament, the Niners had far less preparation and executed on a higher level. The hangover that they suffered doesn't all explain the lack of ball movement and mainly the lack of urgency to win from the team. This Thursday, Charlotte will host Western Kentucky, a team that they narrowly managed to overcome in late January. The Niners are currently 5-9 and nine in the CUSA Conference, sitting in 9th place out of 11th. They will need to win out if they want that 5-seed conference tournament by which includes winning games against North Texas and UAB at home. Can they do it? I don't know. This game tomorrow will tell us a lot about the Niners' postseason plans. In other Charlotte sports news, it is reported by the Charlotte Business Journal that the program is making good progress on their $100 million fundraising campaign for athletic facility upgrades. 80% of the cost involves new upgrades to Jerry Richardson Stadium, and the arrival of Biff Pogey has obviously helped spur Project Momentum. It's estimated that when Charlotte raises the funds, the stadium upgrade should be completed over the span of two years. One project that will be moving forward is the Bob Daughtridge Softball Clubhouse, which is planned to be open by spring 2024. The clubhouse will consist of the coach's office, a locker room, a taping room, an equipment room, and much more. This clubhouse is preparing the university for future plans to make the current Wells Fargo Fieldhouse into a complex for Charlotte soccer. If you're curious about the numerous projects the university has planned for the future, you can visit charlotteevergreen.com. Lastly, Charlotte softball is off to a hot start to the season with the current 3-1 record, including a huge 9-1 win versus the South Carolina Gamecocks. Infielder Cassidy Crupett also earned CUSA Player of the Week, and coming off last season, Bailey Vinoy made the NCAA 2022 All-American team. Good job, girls. Thank you so much for listening to our episode today. Remember, Niners wear green on Wednesday, and they also listen to the Inside the Mind podcast. Thanks for listening to Inside the Mind. Hit that follow button to stay updated on all things Niner Nation. You can find me on Twitter at InsideTheMind49 and on Instagram at Drew underscore Fitzgerald. As always, picks up and roll Niners.